0: We'll talk about the subject of how God works and how Satan works to reach you. You, you. you, people say to me sometimes, nobody nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. And nobody cares about me. They don't care whether I come or go. I can leave and nobody ever notice. Those are statements I've heard over and over and over and over and over and over. I can tell you two beings that care about you, God and Satan. They care about you. One cares about you for your good and one cares about you for the evil. But trust me you have an assigned demonic spirit to you. He's called a familiar spirit. And he's familiar because he's with you all the time. He's around you all the time. He's He's not in you, but he's around you, paying attention to what you do, seeing if he can crack your armor as a born-again Christian. Then you have the Holy Spirit as a born-again Christian. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And uh, he that is in us is greater than he that is outside of us. In the world just simply means outside. So he that is in you, the Holy Spirit, as a born-again Christian, is greater than the one outside. But you know if you live right all as a Christian, there's a spirit out there. He rode with you in your car. It's been said every empty chair in a church is full with full a demon. That's because they tried to get those people to not come. One of the major things that the demonic forces of this world try to do to you is to keep you from hearing, reading, any other exposure to the Word of God. They cannot help, they cannot do what they need to do to you. Or what they want to do to you. If you're bathing yourself in the Bible. Because the Bible is the only thing. That's going to offset their wisdom. They have a wisdom. The wisdom of the world. Then there's the wisdom of God. That's why you hear me as a preacher. Over and over and over and over. Harp on that. Because. After after you get to a certain place. You have to self-disciple. You have to self-disciple. You cannot suck your thumb. And wait for somebody to come up under you and disciple you. If you can read, you can disciple yourself. And the Bible's there for you. And what you don't understand, you ask questions about, and people will help you. You know what I mean? I was taught when I went to what was I taught when I went to college? I was taught how to find information. And maybe go to the library, learn what it was like, learn where the stuff was at. There's a knowledge of a, a world of knowledge in our libraries across America. You want to, I like old Elon Musk to the Senate. He said, you don't need to go to college. He said, you just need to go to the library. I get it. If you're self-disciplined enough to go to the library, you don't really need to go to college because everything they teach you in college is going to be in the library. Whatever subject you want to study. He's self-taught physics. He's self-taught other, other subjects, engineering. He got degrees in nothing. Hmm. So we over we oversell that, no doubt. But how does God work and how does Satan work? I want to try to spend a few minutes to, to this evening and try to give you a, something that's taken a little while for me to digest and understand, to share with you. Very God of peace, sanctify you holy. And this is a memory verse the boys are learning, those men are learning. By the way, Pastor, uh, I want Brother Tom to get up and do a memory verse uh, Sunday night, if you would. Okay. You lead the pack as 84-year-old guy. No, you pick it. You pick it. We always don't want him to be the oldest guy out there. We want him to come out. Some of you older guys want to come up there and give him some encouragement. I pray God to please sanctify you. Hold in. I pray God your whole spirit, number one. Notice the order. There's nothing in Scripture that the, the order is important of the word, the order makes a difference. And so it's the spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. So you start in the middle of a circle, a little small circle. That's your spirit. A circle around that circle, that's your soul. A circle around that circle is your body. And outside of that circle, that last circle is the world, or what we live in right here, physical world. This is a wish, and this is a wish and the wish of the Holy Spirit as well as the, the writer of Paul. That your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, blameless, under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's our foundation, which we're going to bounce off of tonight. You are a trinity in your makeup. You have your body, which is the outer circle. We'll visualize that big outer circle, like I mentioned. That's your senses. How many senses do we have? Five senses. Taste, smell, you know, all the rest of them. You can sit there and list them if you like. But you have five, about five senses. They say six senses. Women have a sixth sense. That's intuition. And I I do believe there is something to that. I'm not sure what it, but there's never been, never actually been proven so. But we have five major senses. The body, in other words, can detect things through five avenues that God's given us called our senses. And we have the soul It's just generally agreed on. The soul incorporates or makes is made up of the intellect, emotions, and will. Intellect, emotions, and will. Often referred to as a person's heart. Then you have the spirit. That is the God consciousness that you have been given to have been able to even relate to God. Because God is Invisible. He's not material. And how do you relate to something that's invisible, not material? Well, Jesus said in John four twenty four, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and worship the Father must worship him in spirit and truth. The spirit is the part that is able to touch God. And was it Michelangelo in the one painting had God and Adam with their two fingers just, just about touching? By the way, we want to move this. This really bothers me one day. I want to move this somewhere else. But not now. But while I remember it. Don't make me get my scissors out. That's just in the way over the corner of that TV. Well, you're, you're not three but one. Like water, which is three forms, which is in liquid water, vapor water, or ice water, but it's all water. So are you. <clears throat> each one of these things, the body, the soul, and the spirit, you want. You may want to say, well, they're all separate from each other, but they're actually all united and glued together by God, making you a total human being. A trinity, a body, soul, and spirit. So, In the beginning, Adam and Eve were whole. I'm I'm going to assume you have some Bible knowledge tonight. I'm going to assume you have Bible knowledge of the creation and what went on there a little bit, because for time's sake, I'm not going to go back and review a lot of the detail of that. But in in the beginning, Adam and Eve were whole. They were perfect. They were body, soul, and spirit. The Trinity in them was perfect. God made them with a body that could sense the physical things around them, Everything worked perfectly the way God wanted it to work. God made them with a soul which could think, reason, feel emotions, and have independent direction of will, often referred to as our heart. And then God made them with a spirit which sensed and communicated with him. The Bible says in the cool of the evening, God came and walked with them in the garden. Sometimes we have a real hot day here, 92, 93 years old, extremely humid. Then a big old thunderstorm will come over. And towards the evening, and it'll rain, and it'll go down to 75 degrees, boom. And then my, I tell my wife, man, we got to go out in the cool of the evening. We walk around the property a little bit, or we want to say, this is the time to commune with God. This is when Adam and Eve communed with God in the cool of the evening. And, he, and they had perfect fellowship with him. When the fall happened, they died. He said, the day you eat the tree of knowledge of the fruit of good and evil, he said, the day you eat thereof, you're going to die. You say, well, they didn't die. Adam lived quite a bit longer. Yeah, but he did die. The Adam that was before the fall is not the Adam after the fall. When he fell, death, death by the way, and I want you to get this in your mind all through the Bible, death really, you could take the word separation. And substitute it for the word death, and it'll make good sense to you. It'll make good sense. Just take the word separation. When somebody dies, what happens? You've been to funerals. You've seen dead bodies. You, when I was 12 years old. My grandpa died. Uh, as a kid, I went over and I, you know, touched him, and he was like touching this uh, piece of wood. It was cold. He'd been in the refrigerator. I didn't know that, but he was cold and. It was strange because I knew my grandpa, and I hadn't seen him since he died. And I went in there and I said, "Well, it looks." It was my first, my first really uh, brush or or understanding of a little bit of death. But I, I could tell, twelve-year-old looking at the looking at him that that he was gone. Grandpa was gone. Now that was Grandpa's body. Grandpa was gone. He was gone. After Bob Rose died, you called me up. I came back over to the house. Bob was still in the bed there. Bob was gone. Bob's body was there, but Bob was gone. How many times we've experienced that kind of thing? Uh, death is separation of your soul and spirit from your body. Your body can know. Evidently, there's a there's a degree that has to be maintained for your soul and spirit to be housed in your body. And if you're... if whether it be by poison or whether it be by have a heart attack or something, but it it do, it can no longer sustain life and your soul and your body leave when it can no longer sustain them. So there's a we don't know necessarily what it is. We've got a pretty good idea what it takes to be alive, but they they. Uh, so it's a dis. By the way, separation is not discontinuation. It's not it's not annihilation. It's not a, you don't you don't stop living. You're you're alive, but you just don't have your body now. When you die, your soul and spirit separate from the body. Example, we have biblical examples through Bible, rich man and Lazarus, Luke chapter 16, 19 through 31. I assume your Bible knowledge a little bit to keep this into one. I want to do this in one night. So if you remember that, he died, lifted up his eyes in torment, rich man, Lazarus was with Abraham, which is paradise. It was beautiful. They were very, very, very conscious also the rich man could feel you say can the soul feel intellect emotions and will he, he had he had ability to know it was hot and he was tormented in the flame another example is the souls under the altar Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 through 11 the souls under the altar there I, I did a study on that, and there's at least 14 different things that you can You can say for sure by studying the fact that those souls underneath the altar, they have consciousness, they want revenge. Interesting, they still want revenge for the people who kill them. They want justice is really what it is. And uh, you want justice. You say, well, I don't care about justice. You care about justice. If somebody wickedly murders one of your children or wickedly murders your wife or husband, you're going to want justice. You're going to go from a dove to a hawk. To push you over to that direction, because you're going to want justice for that wickedness. Process of death, separation, Adam and Eve's body de- degenerates <clears throat> and can no longer sustain a soul and spirit. Eventually, after the fall, it took a while though. I, I'm trying to think how old. A- I don't think Adam was 800 and something. May have made 900 years. I think I'm thinking 865, but I don't. I don't know for sure. But he lived a long time. Those are real years, by the way. Those are real 24-hour days, years, just like we have. Um, And so he died. You say, well, he didn't die instantly. God didn't say you were going to die instantly. He said, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So his body died. As soon as he ate that, as soon as she ate of it, as soon as he ate of it, the process of death began. By the way, I ask a lot of doctors, what is the process? What is death? They do not have a good definition for why your body comes to a point and begins to die, begins to put out what it did put, like, I don't know, when does a man reach, when does a person reach their peak in life, 35, 40, 45, you know, you notice I'm not saying 50, 60, because you're already over the top of the hill at 50, 60, your hair's turning gray like Troy, when the hair turning gray is an indicator. Except for my wife when she was thirty years old, sorry. most people, the hair is an indicator. The Bible says in Job, the wrinkles are an indicator, right? God gives you all these indicators. He gives you pain. You know, you start limping around, getting up, you're a little stiff in, in the morning, and that's all indicators that the end is coming. You're, you're beginning to go over the, you're over over that peak, going downhill. And by the way, that's 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 merciful. That's grace. That's gracious that God would give you a heads up on that. He gives you plenty of time, most of the time at least, to figure out what's happening. Adam and Eve's soul was corrupted with evil when they were separated from godly things. And Adam's Eve's spirit was degenerated also at that same time they ate and could no longer commune with God. Death in all three parts. They died both physically and physically. They died both in their souls and they died both in their in their spirit. All three areas of their life. There's their God consciousness was replaced with conscience. The communion they had with God was broken and they had, God gave them a conscience. Now you say a conscience. What is a conscience? A conscience proves there's a God in some degree. It is a judge that God has put in each of us. Now, it's, now it can be uh, it can be a faulty judge because it can be retaught. You can you can sear your conscience. You can teach it. You know that what you say is wrong is right. Homosexuals have done that. Transvestites have done that. And adulterers have done that. Immoral people. have done. Anything that somebody wants to do and they want to do it and it's evil and their conscience tells them no, no, no. Eventually the conscience gets quieter and quieter and quieter until it becomes seared or, or the Bible calls defiled. When your conscience gets defiled, it'll no longer warn you. That spirit in you will no longer warn you. But it does at the beginning warn you. And that is uh, in place of the unity that we used to have in Adam and Eve. And we will have again, by the way, and still in some direction already have it. So what is gen- regeneration then in the Bible? When it speaks of that. Now the Bible says in Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. How? The washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. Being born again is the way Jesus worded it, renews your spirit with the Holy Spirit's presence. That the Spirit who once was dead now is made alive by the blessed Holy Spirit. When you get what is what is being saved? It is receiving the Holy Spirit of God. That's the big difference between saved and not saved. Unsaved people may know, may have all kinds of information that saved people have, but if they're not forgiven, they haven't repented and trusted Christ as their personal Savior and met God's conditions of salvation, they have not received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the major difference between saved and unsaved people. You have saved people without the Holy Spirit. They're not really saved. But they think they're saved. Oh, there's many people out there who think they're saved, they're not saved. I've met hundreds and hundreds of them. They're not saved. They've never repented and trusted Christ as their Savior, but they will tell you they're saved. Uh, they've tried to do good works. They've tried to keep the Ten Commandments. They've tried to be good people. They've, they've never murdered anybody outright. Well, that's nice. And so they're going to go to heaven when they die. Hopefully God's going to weigh their good against their bad. You better hope he knows not Well, it actually is. The Bible says every mouth to be stopped when that old thing happens. Why? The law of God is going to be compared with your life. And when the law of God is compared with your life, you're going to be condemned a sinner, unable to save yourself by any amount of good works. The only way you ever get saved is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us, shed blood and resurrection. That is a gift, and a gift cannot be earned, or it's not a gift. It's a free gift of God presented to us, and that's the only way we're going to get it. Let's find 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, knowing not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So your body is not savable. Uh, the body I have here has to go. I preached a while back a message on the beauty of death. The beauty of death. The beauty of death is you get rid of this body. I am sick and tired of this body. This thing is running me around, giving me all kinds of grief. Uh, it's breaking down. And I'm I'm tired of I told my wife I'm just tired of the whole process. You know, many with me tonight. You know, I'm tired of going to doctors. I'm tired of tests. I'm tired of all that stuff. It's, I'm just the body is is, is is breaking down. But and God says, yeah, it's going to break down and go back to the dust where it came because it's not savable. The bo- our body is not savable. Now your soul is savable because it's invisible and consequently eternal. Your spirit is savable because it's invisible. And consequently, eternal. Invisible things are eternal, the Bible says, and, and physical things are temporal. You remember that? First Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, into end the, into the passage there. So, your soul must be transformed by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in, in the whole thing of salvation. That's God's desire and goal for us is a thing called sanctification. Big word means to transform you into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, to make you into the image of Christ. And that's being a process. You know, let me try to say it. It is an act and a positionally done act, and it also is a process. Okay? My name is written down in the book of life. I'm saved as an act of God. But I'm being saved every day. Are you with me on that? It's a process. So how does Satan work and get to man? Here we are. Threefold appeal was made to Eve. Good. He said the fruit. Uh, Satan, by the way, Satan has not changed his MO, a method. He hadn't changed it. He uses the same thing. He'll, he'll come and he works. If I may say this, I love I still love the old board. I don't want to block your vision here from this. I don't know if you, can you all see this? You see this board? Way over there. Okay, this is the body. As I said before, soul, spirit. Okay, God consciousness, self-consciousness. Uh, They call this God consciousness, self-consciousness, environment consciousness, the three areas. They all have to do with relation, understanding. Satan, when he came to Eve, came from the outside and was trying to work to her spirit. He came from outside in. I want you to notice that. Am I blocking you? Okay. He came from outside in. His method does not change today. He still comes from outside in. Why? He cannot read your mind. He cannot know your heart. However, God can and does. So he told her, he said, this fruit is good for food. That was like a sense. Hunger. Oh, satisfaction. ah. Oh. So it was just this animal-based appeal. It's good for food. Then he came to her, he said, It's pleasant. And she said, Well, it's pleasant to the eyes. It looked good. It was, it made her emotions. It, it appealed to the soul, her seat of emotions. Ooh, this looks good. This is going to not only be good for my body, it's going to be good for my soul. And then it, it, the Satan said it'll make you wise. That appealed to her spirit. Satan said, You're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. Ooh, she took it in, man, coming from the outside in. What man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So how does God deal with this? Same method was used on Jesus. Oh, by the way, I'm still here. I, 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 can, I'm, I got ahead of myself a little bit. What's amazing is what, what went on in the garden with the temptation of Satan on Adam and Eve, is the same methodology he used on Jesus, Matthew chapter 4, in the New Testament. He said, Turn these stones to bread. That was if he had been he had been fasting for 40 days. Satisfy the hunger of your body. No. He said, Cast thyself down, and your emotions and, and your angels will pick you up. They'll keep your foot from being hit against a stone. That appealed to his courage, to his uh, will, his emotions. And then he finally said, fall down and worship me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory because they are mine to give. That was a phenomenal statement. Who owns this world? He's a God of this world, the prince and power of the air. They're his to give. And he said, they're mine to give, and all the glory, and I'll give it to you if you'll worship me. He was appealing to the spirit, to the God-conscious part of us. So when he came to Jesus, he, he went, what he went. look at the board over there. He went from outside in, he, he started with the body, went to the soul, went to the spirit. When he, when he, Adam and Eve, when they appealed to Eve, he went to her body, he went to her soul, he appealed to the soul, and finally appealed to the spirit. However, praise God, hallelujah. Jesus, the perfect Son of Man, resisted it and fulfilled the law so he could represent us to God. So tonight, the Lord Jesus Christ represents you to God. I don't want Adam representing me. So notice the direction Satan uses to get to you, as I said there, outside in. He appeals to the body, senses, the soul. And the spirit, this is a review. Notice God's method of reaching us is different. God starts from the inside and works to your outside. I'm going somewhere with all this. He starts on your inside and works to your outside. When you heard the word of God, you got convicted of your sin from the inside, your spirit, your God consciousness and was convicted of your sin. That conviction went to your intellect, emotion, and will, and you began, like it says in Isaiah 118, come now, let us reason together. That's talking about intellect, talking about will. So it starts with conviction of the Spirit, right and wrong. I'm a violator of the law of God. I'm a wicked sinner, and my emotions and will come in. That's why when people get convicted of the Holy Spirit, They eventually it goes out to their emotions, and they begin to cry. They don't always cry, but for the majority of people get saved, they cry. They're broken, usually broken and contrite. And by the way, Psalm says that's a that's who I want to see: broken and contrite folks, people with remorse. Now, that if it doesn't start in the spirit, it that remorse and that emotions can be false. But if it's based on the spirit of God's conviction. It, it's true, but you can't tell. You and I can't tell by looking. Uh, there's a story told by a preacher. He went over to a guy's house and told the guy the gospel, and the guy man cried. His wife cried. They had a big old shindig. I mean, it was big, and yeah, they were and and never saw him again. He went over to the next house down the road, and, and he led a guy to Christ. There was no emotions, not a tear. The guy got down, asked Christ to save him, forgive him, sin. He thought that guy will never last end up being a deacon in his church his whole life and dying. You can't tell who's real, who's not real by whether they have emotions or don't have emotions. Some people have them. Let me tell you, I'd rather have a dry-eyed group that loved God and wanted to do the will of God than having a real highly charged emotional group of people that were woo-hoo, woo-hoo, you know, up and down, up and down. Nothing wrong with emotions. I, I think emotions are fine if it's in the right right perspective. Come now, let us reason together," says to the Lord. "Their sins be as scarlet; they shall be white as snow. Some of you haven't ever seen snow, though. The, trust me, it's white. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So, it ends with the body changing behavior, but cannot save the body. But okay. So what I'm what I'm trying to say there is this: God. starts in here with conviction your intellect, intellect emotions and will are affected eventually because this is affected your intellect and emotions and will run you're, you're now run not by your intellect and emotions and will you're run by your whole by the spirit of God and by your spirit. your spirit's given the orders now to your soul intellect emotion, and will which eventually gives orders to the body. I'm here tonight at church. My body didn't come. Didn't want to come. How many times you got up in the morning, your body didn't want to come. Your body's not your friend. It'll fight you. A good looking girl will go by. Even you old man. And your body wants to, it's not your friend. Your spirit says, no. Your soul may even be neutral. Your body's for it. Your body is not redeemable. You are no, your body is no better. Call it's called the old nature, the old man, a carnal part of us. It is no better tonight than it was when you got saved. You're just as evil, potentially, in your body as you were when you got saved. That's why a Christian they let their guard down. They go crazy. Sometimes they do some stupid, stupid stuff, but that's not who they are. They'll repent of it. The righteous fall seven times and riseth up again. But he riseth up again. The difference between being saved and not saved is the rising up again. A saved person will not remain in the fallen condition. They can't because the spirit will not allow it. It'll make him miserable. How many of you have been miserable under conviction of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Just just miserable. So, oh, wretched man that I am, Paul says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's talking about his body. That's what he felt about his body. This I say, then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, that's the body, lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things you would. So the appeals are different. Satan starts with pleasure, the outside, and what feels good to the body and appeals and works his way in. Goes to emotion, laughing, crying, feelings, feelings. Nothing more than feelings. How could it be wrong if it feels so right? God forbid, as a born-again Christian, you, you think like that. Coming to the church may not feel good. But your spirit says it is good. There's that war going on. Memorizing scriptures may not be comfortable. Reading the Bible may not be all this. It's uncomfortable to who? Who is it uncomfortable to in you? Who's fighting you? Look. Uh, Vito says I want to memorize scripture have you had any resistance yeah sure did who's resisting you the body of this death so God's way appeals to your spirit and conviction which moves to the heart to accept the truth it ends with obedience of the body and separation from evil things. You tell your body, you're not going to drink alcohol anymore. You're not going to do drugs anymore. You're not going to look at pornography anymore. You're not going to, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. That God, the Holy Spirit, from inside is telling you to the outside. He's working from the inside to the outside. All control with the spirit out. Satan with the body in. Don't Pamper your body too much. Some common sense application. Be very careful about using outward body-soul methods to get to God. God, I'm going to talk about music. This is a great area to stop. I got three, I got eight minutes. I got eight minutes. Godly music appeals mainly to the spirit. That's doctrine. Truth appeals to the spirit. Must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, so, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but I once was lost, and now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. People go, what's that song about? Unsaved people don't get it because they don't have the spirit to pick it up. But our our book is full of doctrinally sound, fabulous songs that have a wonderful melody. And the spirit goes, Oh, that's good. The body goes, Man, that's boring. That's boring. Yeah. MO elevator music. But the spirit says, Oh, that's good. Worldly music appeals to the body. Beat. Beat. Rock and roll music came in the fifties and took the world over. Literally. It took the world. It is worldwide, cover to cover, side to side, front to back. It's everywhere. How could anything be that popular? It appealed to the body. If you don't believe it, take a three-year-old. I'm talking about a sanctified three-year-old like, uh, what's Beryl's what's, what's second kid? Owen. His whole life he's going to be Owen. He'll be Owen. He'll never pay it off. Okay, so Owen, you can take rock and roll music of the 50s, and that boy will start dancing. He don't even know how to dance, never been taught how to dance. His body is responding to it. And these, these, it has made its way into church because young people go, these old these old spiritual songs And hymns, that's so boring. I want something with a little zap to it. I want some beat to it. I want to feel good about it. What's feeling good? What part of you is feeling good? The body. I want to have a big woo-hoo. The body was happy with that. Leaves church going, man, that was a good service. I really got to know God. Oh, did you? God don't work that way. He works from inside out. The devil works from outside in. The souls, the emotions played out in the body, dancing and moving sensually, outside in. I can tell you just simply, straight up and down, that rock and roll music, which is beat-driven music, is of the devil himself and of the world and the flesh. And I don't really have any prejudice at all. It's just not spiritual music. Spiritual music appeals to your spirit, which is doctrine and truth, and will lift you up and make you worship God in spirit and in truth. People go to these and say, I worship God, but the, if you read much of the Bible, you know God doesn't have a high opinion of your body. To be honest with you, he don't really care much about your body at all. Bodily exercise just profits a little. I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of profit in life by being in great shape. It's okay to be in great shape, but you're not going to get a whole lot of profit. It would a whole lot be better if you'd be, not, you'd be out of shape and have your spirit strong. Out of shape physically, but have a strong spirit. Get your priorities right. Inside out. Now, you can have a strong spirit and a healthy body. Eat right, exercise, fine, do it. But you can't make it the number one because it's out of order. As soon as you put your body number one, that's out of order. It's got to be your spirit, soul, body. Remember 1 Thessalonians? We just read it. May your spirit... Soul, body, be preserved. It was the right order. It was God's order. I'm done. I'm about done. Warning. So, how to spend your time? Don't spend your time entertaining the outside and starving the inside. Example: White dog, black dog. Uh, Bob Jones, a senior, used to say, uh, "Christian life's like you have a white dog in you and you have a black dog in you. And remember, you have, you have, uh, whichever one of them you're going to feed is the one that's going to, one that's going to prosper." It's whichever one's going to prosper. Listen to Christian rock, and you are feeding the outside senses and emotions. All I gotta say is quit it for a while, see what happens. Listen to spiritual music, and you feed on the inside spiritual spirit emotions. How is it that we can gather four, five, three, four, five hundred people, and, and we sing hymns, and it thrills our soul, and they come out and say, "Oh, we've been looking for looking for church that would have spiritual songs and hymns, and oh, we finally found it." What's driving them to say that? It's because their spirit longs for that. And when they go listen to the rock and roll hip hop, that's what they got saved out of. That's what they got redeemed from. And by the way, you say it's not the same, it's the same music. Different words, same music, exactly. That's why, we're, that's why we do what we do here at Gospel. So abstain from all appearance of evil. It's not coincidental that a verse right after that is the very God of peace, sanctify you holy, and pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I got one more verse. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, and that to wit means, which is the redemption of our body. So when Jesus saved me, he saved my spirit. He saved my soul. And he's going to save my body. I got a new body, praise the Lord. He's waiting for me. I go to prepare a place for you. But he's also going to give me in a body like in his glorious body with First John and all that. And so we're going to have a new body without aches and pains. It's going to be able to move about. It's going to be able to be strong. And it's going to be harmonious as Adam and Eve had before the fall. The body, soul, and spirit will work as one perfect unit. Boy, I can't hardly wait, amen. And death, the beauty of death is you change that out. You change that old one out for a new one eventually. Now, Bob has not got his body yet because we all get it at the same time. And that's it. Beautiful waterfall, hey? Eh? Well, it's 7.59. i got one minute to blow. Father, thank you for your kindness and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for this. May we understand the methodology that Satan's working, what he's doing to us and how he's trying to reach us. And also understand how, God, you're trying to reach us and trying to help us and and your method of reaching us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.